European Heart Journal Case Reports 2022. I'm Sophia Fessak, podcast editor. Today I'll be talking about a case report by Hamid Mahmoud, Farhan Shahid, Mohamed Egred, and Mohamed Farag from Freeman Hospital Cardiovascular Centre, United Kingdom, titled Management of Antithrombotic Therapy in Patients at High Bleeding Risk After Percutaneous Coronary Intervention After Acute Coronary Syndrome, a case report. Patients who have an acute heart attack are treated with dual antiplatelets such as aspirin and a P2Y12 inhibitor for 12 months in addition to secondary prevention medications such as angiotensin-converting enzyme inhibitor, beta blocker and a high-dose statin. Aspirin and secondary prevention medications are continued lifelong. In patients with coexistent atrial fibrillation, tripotherapy is initiated. Management of these patients is clinically challenging due to increased risk of bleeding with tripotherapy, an increased risk of stroke with omitting anticoagulation, and an increased risk of stent thrombosis and recurrent myocardial infarction, all of which increase the risk of morbidity and mortality in those patients. This case highlights this complexity of treating patients with atrial fibrillation and coronary disease treated with angioplasty and the importance of individualised care in these patients. A 78-year-old Caucasian female presented with chest pain and elevated high-sensitivity troponin tests and so was diagnosed with non-ST elevation acute coronary syndrome. Her comorbidities included hypertension and type 2 diabetes. Her admission ECG was unremarkable. She was loaded with aspirin 300 mg and ticagrelor 180 mg followed by maintenance doses of aspirin 75 mg and ticagrelor 90 mg twice daily. Transthoracic echocardiogram showed anterior wall hyperkinesia with preserved at least systolic function and no significant valve disease. On day 2 of admission, she underwent coronary angiogram and successful angioplasty to the left anterior descending artery with no significant residual disease. Soon after percutaneous coronary intervention, she was noted to be in rate-controlled atrial fibrillation on 12 lead ECG. She was also found to have episodes of pyorectal bleeding from hemorrhoids and also acute kidney injury secondary to contrast-induced nephropathy. Because the patient remained in atrial fibrillation, Ticagrelor was switched to clopidogrel with a loading dose of 600mg approximately 24 hours after the last dose of ticagrelor and then maintenance dose of 75mg in addition to a pixaban 5mg twice daily was initiated. Dual therapy was planned for 12 months followed by oral anticoagulant lifelong. Other medications on discharge included a proton pump inhibitor for gastric protection, beta blocker, angiotensin converting enzyme inhibitor and a statin. Patient was well at three month follow up with no concerns highlighted. According to the ESC, in patients with atrial fibrillation and CHADS2 VASC score of greater than one in men and greater than two in women, a short period of triple therapy of up to one week in acute event is recommended, followed by dual antithrombotic therapy with oral anticoagulant and an antiplatelet, preferably clopidogrel, is recommended for 12 months. This duration, however, can be reduced depending on the patient's risk of bleeding or increased depending on their risk of thrombosis. Dual antithrombotic therapy with oral anticoagulant 
and single antiplatelet is advised to be shortened to six months if the bleeding risk is high. Similarly, the duration of triple therapy can be increased up to one month if the patient has a high thrombotic risk. These are usually determined by the patient's coronary angiogram, previous cardiac events requiring intervention, their comorbidities and risk factors. An individualised approach of shortened versus extended therapy according to the patient's risk of bleeding or thrombotic risk profile is advocated and therefore explains a wide variation in clinical practice. Currently, clopidogrel is the preferred P2Y12 inhibitor used in addition to oral anticoagulant due to a lack of data to support the use of tacagrelor and prasugrel with oral anticoagulants. There is also currently no evidence in continuing antiplatelet therapy beyond 12 months when combined with oral anticoagulants. However, this may cause increased bleeding risk. Oral anticoagulants are preferred over vitamin K antagonists based on a trial which showed reduced bleeding events and not a significantly increased risk of thrombosis. Many acute coronary syndrome patients have other risk factors for coronary disease such as hypertension, diabetes, vascular disease and stroke. Patients with concomitant atrial fibrillation and acute coronary syndrome thus have a high CHATS2-VASC score due to the presence of these risk factors, thus resulting in an increased future risk of stroke. Therefore, it is important to consider anticoagulation in these patients to reduce this risk. Although advancing age is a risk factor for bleeding, it is important to balance this risk against the thrombotic risk and therefore patients should be assessed on an individualised basis. Currently, at least six scores are available to assess bleeding risk scores in patients taking antiplatelets. These include the REACH39, Dutch ASA score 37, DAPT41, Paris38, Precise DAPT32, Bleemax36 and so on. All these scores, although useful, omit certain important variables known to be associated with a high bleeding risk, thus reflecting the heterogeneity in the patient population studied. Because these scores are not validated in high bleeding risk patient population, thus highlighting the need for standardised high bleeding risk criteria for evaluating such patients. In conclusion, patients with acute coronary syndrome requiring long-term oral anticoagulation are at a high risk of bleeding and this is irrespective of whether they have invasive treatment such as PCI or conservative management. It is important to consider their thrombotic and bleeding risk prior to decision making regarding duration of dual antithrombotic or triple antithrombotic therapy. More trials are needed to evaluate the safety and efficacy of antithrombotic therapies and the use of universal risk score system to help guide our clinical decisions. The author suggests the following learning points. A one-size-fits-all approach is not ideal for the management of antithrombotic therapy after acute coronary syndromes. In patients with acute coronary syndromes, a high bleeding risk, the ultimate goal is to identify a therapeutic window sweet spot of optimal protection and safety where the combined risk of occurring thrombosis and bleeding is low. After acute coronary syndromes, a dynamic individualised assessment of thrombotic versus bleeding risks is required as part of a tailored management approach, taking into consideration the patient's preference. 
Thank you to the authors of this case report for highlighting this interesting case report for us. And thank you for listening to the Vietnam Journal Case Report Podcasts. References and original case reports are available online. Visit academic.oup.com forward slash EHACR for other interesting case reports. Music is Computer by State Shirt.